For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am really excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Subi Zimmerman. We're going to explore the latest Instagram changes and also how we as marketers should react to the Instagram algorithm. By the way, if you want to reach out to me, podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com comes right to my inbox. Before we get to today's interview, let's move to today's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found Libra stock. (laughs) Libra? How do you spell Libra? L-I-B-R-E. And then stock. So what is it? Stock. So we all like free stock photos, but what if you could search all 43 free stock photo websites at the same time in one place. So this is like Kayak for... um, Yes. Kayak is a site that searches for airlines. This is like Kayak for stock images. That's it. For free stock images. Oh, for free stock images. Okay. Well, explain how it works. Yeah. So you you just head over to Librastock.com and literally they give you an example in the search box that says cute puppies. And so you type whatever it is you're searching for and then it brings up all of the different site. I mean, it, it, uh, what's the word curate. Okay. It curates all of them into one place and you just start scrolling through. And then once you find one you like, I'm assuming then you have to go to that site and register or whatever, right? Yeah. It's, it'll, it gives you the example. It says download at, and then it gives you the name of the site where that photo resides. Interesting. Um, why do you think this is important? Uh, is it because there's no, you know, people don't, you know, maybe they only use one or the other. I mean, are you finding the quality here is pretty good? I mean, or is it just like you have to dig through bazillions of images to find good good shots? Yeah, I th- well, I think the thing is, is that there's a number of these sites, first and foremost. And so you could spend your time searching on, you know, your two or three favorite ones. But there again, you're searching on two or three of your favorite sites versus coming right in here and typing the search in once. So mm-hmm. it's streamlining the process. Is the search itself pretty sophisticated? Um, for example, um, I think I've used iStock Photo, you know, and I know that's not free, but um, sometimes when you type in a common word, they'll show you possible meanings for that word, mm-hmm. you know, like the word communication. Do you mean um, people talking on the phone? Do you mean people talking in person? Is it smart enough to provide you suggestions or alternatives for deeper digging, or is it just 
keyword based from what you it's it's pretty much i think it's pretty much just keyword based and it it just i mean it's simple and straightforward one of the things that it'll do though is it will when you hover over the uh the search results or the image images in the search results it gives you uh metadata in the form of hashtags and then you could click on those and that then becomes a search as well oh very cool very cool awesome so libra Stock.com, L-I-B-R-E-S-T-O-C-K.com. That's correct? Yes. Thank you, Eric, for that brand new discovery. You're welcome. AI has been a massive disruptive force over the past year. That's why we're excited to announce our brand new show, Introducing AI Explored. It's a weekly show hosted by me, Michael Stelzner. If you want to understand how to put AI to work, this is the show for you. Each week, we'll dive deep into using AI to your advantage. We're talking the practical, tactical stuff that I know you're probably craving. Search for AI Explored on your favorite podcast app, and happy listening. Let's transition over to today's interview with Sue Zimmerman. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. I'm very excited to be joined today by Sue B. Zimmerman. Sue is known as the Instagram gal. She authored the ebook Instagram Basics for Your Business, and she also has taught a bunch of creative live sessions that are very popular on Instagram marketing. And she really is one of the top Instagram marketing experts in the world. Sue, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be back here for the third time, Mike. I I love your audience, and I love that so many people actually discover me from your podcast. That is so cool. (laughs) Yeah. Well, today, Sue and I are going to dig into a bunch of the latest Instagram features, and we're going to go through them and what they mean. And we're also going to talk about the Instagram algorithm, and we're Mm -hmm. going to talk about what that might mean and kind of unravel that a little bit. So, Sue, before we dig into all the new updates from Instagram, um, how'd you get started with Instagram? What's your backstory? Oh, it's a good one. Um, So I am wired for visuals, Mike. That's my brain. I've always been an artist at heart. And um, like many of your listeners, I've had a passionate small business for most of my life. And I discovered the power of Instagram at my retail store on Cape Cod that I had for six six years. And it was actually there that um, when I started using Instagram and my sales increased significantly, I realized that I needed to teach other business owners how to have that kind of success that I had. So what kind of stuff do you sell at your store? Well, I had it for six years. I closed my store last summer for good because I am growing this online business, which I love, but I sold jewelry, clothing, and accessories with a Cape nautical vibe. So is it kind of like a tourists are in town and they're kind of walking around and they come into your shop? Is that generally what it was like a tourist des- like part of a tourist place where there's a whole bunch of these kind of little shops? Definitely a tourist destination and a very unique um, environment in New Seabury, which is a, a resort. So it was a kind of exclusive families come back year after year. And it was more than just a retail shop. It was a destination um, where people came to do more than just shop with me because I also did like hair chalk um, and tattoos and nails and I made it a fun place to visit. And so people came for the experience beyond just shopping. Now, was it your kids that were doing Instagram at first or how did you kind of, how did you kind of latch onto that? Yeah. So I have 
three daughters and my twin teenagers were on Instagram scrolling one day when we were on vacation and I looked at them. They weren't paying attention to me. And I'm like, what are you guys up to? And they were like, mom, we are on Instagram. Don't get on it. Cause then you're going to start teaching it. <laughs> and <laughs> I always right. say, you know what? Yeah. I say, pay attention to your teenagers cause they are setting the next mobile trend for sure. Very cool. So uh, I don't know if you have any stats off the top of your head, but do you have any idea how big Instagram is these days? Like I know yeah, Facebook well, just came out with some numbers. I don't remember what they were. Well, you know, I believe that they're going to announce any day now that they're at 500 million active users. But as you and I are talking right now, the number is 400 million, but it is growing um, at a very fast rate. And I know that they project there to be one billion in three years. So serious numbers. Well, I mean, let's remember who owns them, right? Facebook owns them. And 400 million is still, I think, more than the entire population of the United States to give people perspective. I mean, that's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. Well, let's get into um, let's get into some of the new um, Instagram features that have come out in the last couple of weeks or months. Uh, where do you want to start? Yeah, let's start with the most recent one that I noticed a couple of days ago, Mike, which is um, you can now send a direct message from an Instagram comment. So when you open up Instagram and you look at a post, if you see something, for example, if you saw something that you wanted to send to your team, to Jeff or to Eric, and you wanted to send it privately right from that post, you can click on the arrow to the left of the comment and send it as a direct message. So are you sending the comment or are you sending the post itself? You can you send the post itself. So you you need to at mention who you want to send it to, but you can send it as a direct message because you know what, Mike, direct messaging is one of the most underutilized features of Instagram. It's what I talked about at Social Media Marketing World, and a lot of people just don't use it or leverage it for their business. So I would imagine, like, okay, this is something I'm not going to necessarily post on my Instagram feed, but I want to send it to a couple of friends who might find this intriguing, right? So that's why that feature is there. I'm guessing. Exactly. Or if you see something that reminds you of a client or um, someone that you want to collaborate with, you can just send it to them as an idea without having to literally publicly post on that feed. It's a private message. Very cool. Um, And we're beginning to see we're beginning to see more of this kind of feature and function uh, on other social networks. I know Twitter also made this a lot easier. Um, Is there any other commenting changes that have happened in the last little while? Because I think there might have been, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, not that I'm aware of. That's okay. the one. That's the one that has stood out for me. Okay, cool. On the on the mobile. Okay. On the mobile. Cool. What else? What What else is new? So let's talk about desktop because I think a lot of your listeners actually work from the desktop on Instagram. I don't. I'm the mobile girl with the phone in hand at all times. I very rarely log on to Instagram on the desktop. Right. But I know that you have a lot of people that listen that are virtual assistants or marketing agents. Uh, agencies. And so the desktop has had a lot of great updates. So you can now, um, when you log on to the desktop, there's three icons to the right. And there's an explore button that kind of looks like a compass where you can click on that and Instagram suggests people um, for you to discover based on your activity, all again, leading up to that algorithm that we're going to talk about soon. And in the middle you can now see the notifications just like you do on mobile people who have liked, who have commented, um, and you can engage on the desktop, which is something people have been wanting to do for a very long time. Awesome. 
And then if you click on the far right, it takes you back to your actual profile. And on the desktop, I just want to let people know, because a lot of people still don't know this, there's a search bar. So you can actually search usernames and hashtags if you want to do market research on hashtags on the desktop. This is not new, but I just want people to know that that functionality is there. And then on the far left where it says Instagram, the actual word Instagram, people don't know this, but if you click on the word, it takes you to the home feed, which are all the accounts that you have chosen to follow. So if you wanted to scroll through those accounts, you can do it very easily on the desktop. It seems that most reasons you would use desktop is really just like commenting and stuff. I mean, can you do that from the desktop and ma- manage yes. comments? Okay. Yes. So now you can do that. And, and yes, I mean, people have a hard time with their phone right. because it's so small. So it saves your eyesight a little bit. And, you know, again, it's a preference. I, I don't interact on the desktop much unless I'm looking at the tool Iconosquare. But you still example. can't, you still can't, unlike Facebook, where you can basically easily post from the desktop, you still have to use your phone, right? And your and the, and to actually put stuff into Instagram. Is that correct? I don't think you can actually. Yes, you cannot upload from your desktop unless you're going to use um, a different app, you know, to do that, gotcha. like Latergram. Yeah. Latergram. Okay, cool. Um, video, I know, is one of the bigger changes. Um I think originally was it 16 seconds, then it went to 30 seconds, and now it's even longer, right? So where are we at with video now on Instagram? Yeah, so video, a couple things that people need to know about the update. Yes, they rolled out the 60 seconds um, video, which is great for people that really want to give demonstrations of behind the scenes, if you cook, if you do exercises, all kinds of great ways that you can get super creative with your video. I see people announcing their podcast Um, teasers with videos now, which is Mm. cool. Um, It also, what people need to note is that videos on Instagram now are shown as views, not likes. So you can see how many views you get. And Mike, I get so many more views on videos than I do likes on photos. So it's kind of like an ego boost for me when I post the video. It's like, wow, I have almost a thousand views on my video. That's kind of cool. But it's counted after three seconds. So take note, not everyone might be watching the whole video. That sounds very similar to Facebook. And are the videos muted until you unmute them similar to Facebook? Yep. Yep. They don't go live until you actually touch touch the screen and want to hear it. Um, but do they, do, so they're not like pre-playing in the feed, but muted, or are they actually kind of animated a little bit and then you have to click on them? You have to click on the, um, the photo for it to start gotcha. or just like turn the volume on, volume on. Yeah. Do they provide any more analytics other than just total views? You know how on face, well on Facebook, they provide quite a bit more video analytics, like average watch time and all that kind of stuff, or do they not necessarily do that yet with Instagram video? Not not all I see are views. And if you want to see likes, you can go to and see your likes as well. But the views is what shows up on your own feed. You know, I'm going to just throw a little prediction in here. But for those of you that use Snapchat, um, Snapchat's obviously great for a lot of these little 10 second uh, videos. I can see Instagram becoming kind of like Snapchat, right? Because if you can just click hit record and, and talk for like 60 seconds, you could do quite a few updates and are you beginning to see, I'm, I mean, obviously I'm going to confess I'm not an, an Instagram user, but are you beginning to see people like um, doing things like on, that they're doing on Snapchat very similarly on Instagram now? Yes. And I am obsessed and love Snapchat and our good friend Brian Fanzo is doing exactly that. 
So he's a good account to link up in the show notes to show how to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, folks that are, that are listening right now, you know, that maybe might not feel like they have incredible um, visuals, video might be something you should start messing around with, right? Because I would imagine you could very easily do a little morning 60 second uh, inspiration tip or I don't know, what kind of stuff are you seeing people do with the video? Oh my goodness. I'm seeing a lot. Um, I, well, I've seen a lot of creative things from brands, but, but realistic things for small business owners is really just the how to, especially with exercise. And I, I always go back to exercise and cooking, but I think it's really nice. Like you can leave that video feeling like you can go do it. Mm. Like the, the inspiration has been like, is there in the video. When you record on a, uh, on Instagram with a video, can you start and stop and kind of sew the whole thing together? And does it provide any kind of editing or is it just, or is it just kind of hit the button and then when you're done, you're done. So there's three ways that you can do the video. One is right inside the Instagram app. And yes, you can stop and go. So you can like change your positioning. If you want to do that, you can do it right from your phone camera app and upload it as a video, Hmm. or you can use a third party app like pick play post or video hands, some editing tool that you want to actually do more than just, you know, have text overlay and effects in the video before you upload it. Very cool. So, so far we've talked about the desktop features. We've talked about the, the uh, going from comment to direct message and then the video. Is there any other new items uh, that have come to Instagram? Two things that I'd like to mention. One is the timestamp. Everyone was freaking out that the timestamp disappeared. It used to be on the top right, but it's on the top. It's on the bottom left below your comment. It actually says how many hours ago it was posted or days ago. I think it goes back to three days and then it actually gives the timestamp of the date, which is really important and relevant, especially as we're going to be talking about the new algorithm. So the timestamp location has now been moved. Hmm. And then I think you, you mentioned something in pre-conference about advertising change and overlay. Yeah. So, um, and we can link this up. The ad, there's an ad update, you know, there's over 200,000, um, advertisers on Instagram and there's like an overlay that you can have on the ad. If you tap it, on an ad image, you can see the overlay, which is really cool. And Instagram on their blog has like the demonstration of that. That we. So can when like. you say overlay, like describe that so I can visualize that. Like text overlay. Oh, I see. Call to action. Oh, okay, cool. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's let's transition. Thank you for all that. Um, and if there's anything else that pops in your mind, just you know, blurt it out. But let's talk about the Instagram algorithm. I know a lot of people have been up in arms as they always seem to be whenever an algorithm gets introduced. Um, Talk about what we know thus far. Uh, We're recording this in early May. Um, It's coming out, I believe, in late May. But, you know, as of this recording, what do we know about the Instagram algorithm? Okay, so what we know is that the order of your photos and videos in your actual feed are going to be based on your actions. And, you know, the likelihood that you're going to be interested in certain content, your relationship with the person that's posting and the timeliness of the post. So, you know, Instagram is really just focusing on optimizing that order. All the posts are going to be there. It's just going to be in a different order based on your preference, the user. It's a better user experience. Hmm. Let's dissect this a little bit because. If we go back to the history books a little bit, 
for Facebook because Facebook owns Instagram and we know they're playing off the same playbook. When the Facebook newsfeed um, in the early days was out, it um, it got busier and busier as more and more people used it, right? Which is exactly what's probably happening with Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if you remember, Sue, but there used to be two options in the newsfeed on Facebook. One was like the unfiltered feed and then one was the filtered feed. Do you kind of remember those days? And there was like this toggle back and forth that you could do. I do not. Tell me. <laughs> so this was a couple of years ago, but, but, okay. in, but, but what happened was um, uh, Facebook would lift up to you what it thinks you're interested in. And then if you wanted to see absolutely everything, you could choose to um, not have that function turned on. And, um, you know, a lot of people were up in arms and didn't like the fact that it defaulted to Facebook telling me what I should see. And then, you know, fast forwarding a little bit, Twitter comes out with an algorithm and the Twitter algorithm bumps stuff to the top of your Twitter feed that it thinks is important and it doesn't not show you stuff, but it does show you stuff that it that might be older, but yet is important. So I think what I hear you saying is today the Instagram algorithm is kind of is kind of showing you things you might have missed, right? Is that kind of the best way to say it? It's it's showing you things that they think you want to see based on your activity and based on the accounts that you're interacting with. And but so it, a but lot it might pe- be a, it might be like a few hours old, right? So it's pushing that stuff up to the top pushing, of the feed. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's not it's not in the chronological chronological order that it was posted necessarily. Well, you know, let's unravel unravel this a little bit, Sue. Um, do you think that with more and more people jumping on Instagram and more and more people following other people that um, there's a lot of quote unquote noise and it's not what it used to be. And a lot of people, maybe if they start scrolling through Instagram and they don't see stuff that they want to see, they might say, I'm not going to use Instagram anymore or I'm not having as good of an experience. And do you think this is um, Facebook's answer to that by algorithmically showing you stuff that it thinks you're interested in based on your prior behavior, thus keeping you there longer? Yeah. I mean, that's the goal. You just said it, Mike, it's keeping you there longer. And that's what Instagram's trying to do is to try to give you a better user experience so that you stay on the app longer. So, but let's, let's play this out a little bit. Um, today, perhaps you see everything if you happen to scroll enough, but tomorrow I'm willing to bet my bottom dollar that will not be the case because anybody who's on Facebook knows that there are things that you just never see on Facebook from some of your best friends or your favorite brands, you're just not going to see it because Facebook chooses not to show that. And the other side of the equation, I think, Sue, is the scary side of the equation, which is what used to be a quote unquote free organic zone where we kind of knew that our fans would see our content is now becoming a pay to play zone. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if that's where we're headed with this. Do you think there's going to be a day where we're going to just have to pay Instagram to have our posts be shown to our quote unquote fans? I definitely think they're moving in that direction for sure. I would love to tell the listeners some things that I strategically did so that I can still see the accounts I want to see and be very conscious of interacting with those that give value. Yeah, talk to um, us about that. What are you doing? Yeah. So, so I have two accounts, Mike, I have at Subi Zimmerman at the Instagram expert, and I was actually following on my personal account, 
over 2,000 accounts, which was ridiculous. And the reason I was doing that was because I was kind of being nice to all the people that I've either coached or purchased my course or that I met at a conference. And I just followed them because they took a picture with me and they tagged me. And I thought was that was like the nice thing to do. However, if I'm not getting value from scrolling, you know, scrolling through my home feed and literally getting inspired, edu- inspired, educated, entertained in some way that that brings value to my brain, it's not worth it for me to follow accounts. So I did a major purge and I'm down to under 300 accounts that I'm following. Did you use and a tool I, to do that or was that just a manual process? No, I, I spent the time to do it myself um, because I wanted to really consciously unfollow those that I just, I wasn't interested in seeing their kids and their cats and their dogs and their, right. you know, their, their yoga mats. And, and I like them. So what I've done is I still engage on their content by commenting if these are people I know and I care about. Some of them got upset that I unfollowed them, but I told them why strategically. And now in my newsfeed, I'm able to actually spend the time to see the content that I want to see. And so it's one thing to be nice to follow for follow, but I challenge people to only be following accounts that they really feel is bringing them that visual value in some way. And, and so it's hard to, you know, it's hard to, to do that, to purge people, I guess, if you will. Um, the other thing I want to- But it will create to, a better experience for you, the user. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking about, I'm being selfish here. I'm thinking about my time. I don't have time to be looking at babies I don't know. I, you know, time is money and valuable to all of us. So I did that on both of my accounts. So if anyone looks at who I'm following and says, okay, who's Subi Zimmerman following personally and who is she following on the expert account? On the expert account, you'll be like, OMG, these Instagram accounts are amazing. This is the quality of Mike and I, you, you talk, Mike, we talked about this, this kind of magazine effect that you want to have on Instagram. So I want people to know my standards of a good Instagram account. And by doing that, I have to be really authentic and have these high standards in play because I teach Instagram every day. Let me ask you this question, Sue. Um, back to the algorithm for a second. When, when you log into Instagram, let's say you've been off of it for a half a day or whatever, how old are some of the oldest posts that you see just from your own experience? So people have a clue, like are we talking in the last few hours or possibly even days old and they could still get, you know, brought up to the top of the feed? For me, it's hours and, and, and yeah, an hour or 45 minutes are the ones that are at the top of my feed. So it's and never something that's like four or six or eight hours I have not experienced that yet. And part of it could be because of the accounts that I'm following and when they're posting. Right. And how often are you on Instagram each day? I am on and off the platform, probably a total of an hour to an hour and a half a day. Okay. But how many different times are you checking in, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I'm probably checking in three to five times a day. Gotcha. So you're checking in three. Yeah. You're checking in three to five. But but when you wake up in the morning and you check Instagram, you're still not seeing anything that tends to be more than about an hour old is what I hear you saying, right? I haven't checked in in the morning to, to, uh, or whenever you first check in, I haven't looked it. I haven't looked in the morning, um, at how old it has been, but during the day when I check, it's ours. It's not. Well, the upside to this as a marketer is that if you create good stuff, 
then you're going to you're going to ride the algorithm like a wave, right? And your stuff Exactly. and your stuff is going to get seen by people that have indicated that they're interested in that kind of stuff and you know, I just recently um covered uh Facebook at the FA conference talked about how their Facebook newsfeed algorithm works and my guess is there's got to be some similarities. Um so I'll just kind of lay out some of it. Some of it has to do with they are watching, Instagram is probably watching the actions that you're taking on the various, um, uh, what do they call it, posts or grams that pop up through your feed. So if mm-hmm. you're, if you're um, what are the actions, hearting and commenting? Is that what it is? Yeah, like commenting and reposting. Yeah, so if you're doing any of those kind of actions, they're tracking that kind of stuff. So, oh, yeah. So maybe what you should start doing as from the user perspective is start engaging a little bit more with the stuff you like because you'll know that the algorithm will kick in and you'll see some of that kind of stuff. But what I want to flip flip it on a little bit is let's talk let's talk about strategy for those of us that are marketers. Like if it's true that today um, some of our older content might get seen on Instagram and that it, and it's possible that tomorrow some of our content just may not be seen because Instagram decides that it's not good enough, how should we alter our Instagram strategy? Because clearly the algorithm introduces variables that did not exist a few months ago. And thus we probably need to be rethinking and preparing so that we can, you know, be ahead of the curve on this thing. Absolutely. So I don't know if you heard about this, but there was a lot of chatter about three weeks ago everyone was asking everyone to turn on post notifications on Instagram, afraid that their content wasn't going to be seen. And so there were a few accounts that did it in a way that was organic to Instagram and to their Instagram feed. So it wasn't disruptive when they asked. It was in the spirit of the content and the visual um, aesthetics. So turning on post notifications for accounts that you absolutely want to be notified when they post, I think is a good thing if there's five or eight accounts that give you so much value that you don't want to miss those posts. So I'm not endorsing turning it on for everyone that's asking you to. Um, But an example of this is uh, Sunny Leonard Doozy did a great ask for her post notification Um, It was in the spirit of her feed, and I'll link that up for you, Mike, where she is like, it's it's a beautiful post of her, and the reason that she asked is because she basically said, I know that if you interact here, you will see my post, but some people aren't on when I'm posting, but if you turn post notifications on, you will get that notification. So I like turning post notifications on for accounts like the dry bar or camping with dogs, accounts that give me so much value because here's why, Mike, I want to not only double tap and like, which is like the the laziest form of engagement, I want to leave a comment and let them know why I liked it. And one of the things that I've done, which is super fun for me, is I use the emoji girl hand up and I say first like. So if I'm ever the first like on a post, I let people know that I'm the first like. Like I saw your post first and I like it. And people laugh and smile when you do that. But here's the thing. 
you're getting the attention of the brand, business, or individual that you're trying to get the attention of so that when you ask them for something or want to ask them for something, for example, I wanted to interview Ali Webb, the owner of the dry bar on Blab and the owner of Camping with Dogs on Blab. When I did the ask, they said yes. And they said yes, because that, that was not my first touch point of asking them for something. Okay, it so, was so, yep. so hold on a second. Let me just spin this a little bit so people okay. can, so people that are listening right now can think about how they can do this. Um, we did this, we did something similar on Facebook when we, when Facebook came out with the, um, post notifications, that's what you, that's what you call it. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. we created a little video and we said kind of a public service message, like here's how to, here's how to never miss, um, a post from your favorite page is what we did. And we, we, we made this cool little video. It was kind of like a screen capture video. Um, and I think we hooked up like an iPhone to a Mac use screen flow to actually show step-by-step how to do it on a mobile device. And then we created that video and then we let that video go viral and then we boosted that video. So I would imagine somebody could put out a public service message for their page or whatever they call it on Snapchat for their account. And they could say, Hey, don't ever miss posts from your favorite accounts. And here's exactly step-by-step how to set it up. And or how to how to do it, and I would imagine something like that would be useful. And we boosted that; we put money behind that because we knew the change was coming, and and I think a lot of people did, you know, do what we recommended there. So I love that. So beyond actually training your audience to you know see your posts by doing what we just talked about, what else can we do? I mean, like, should we be posting yeah. less often, knowing that our stuff might get seen more? Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I'll give the listeners some ideas. I mean, it's really around posting. So you need on Instagram, you need to post with purpose and not just post to check it off your I just did my Instagram post. Let me do something else next. It's got to each post not only has to stand alone, but it has to be part of the whole feed experience. The scrolling of your feed should feel like a magazine that you turn the page so that everything, the vibe of your account aligns with every post. And you're not just posting random stuff because you think it's going to get likes and engagement. So here are some great tips for people to do that. And I'll cite a few accounts along the way. So one is always having great lighting. Lighting is everything. So natural light and is, is the preferred lighting, but posting a grainy dark photo on Instagram is no bueno. Like don't even post it if you're here for business. A great account that we can link up to this is Manny Photos underscore. It's a photographer who has fabulous, fabulous lighting and actually got featured by Instagram. So um, great lighting, number one. Number two, Mike, is having interesting angles with your images or even your videos. So high to low shots or low to high shots, but not necessarily straight on. When there's a little bit of energy in the photo, and you know this about me when I'm at Social Media Marketing World, like have that mouth open, use those props, and have a feeling so that people actually feel like they're experiencing what you are literally posting. And Jessica, who spoke at Social Media Marketing World from Social Underscore Studios, does a great job with kind of pulling you in to the, the Instagram feeling of being present with what she's posting. Okay, so what I hear you saying is 
um, be creative, right? And um, hopefully those creative posts that have better lighting and fun energy to them will be more engaged with by your audience and will increase the likelihood that those be seen. I guess my next question though is, you know, what's, should we, should we post less? I mean, let's just cut to the chase. If there's going to be an algorithm and if there's a good chance that the stuff I posted a while ago can still be seen, um, does that mean I should possibly consider posting less frequently? I'm just curious. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So I don't think post, I don't think changing your posting habits yet should be the first thing top of mind right now. Because again, if you're posting with value and people want to see your content, they will engage. For example, on Subi Zimmerman, I've already posted, I posted twice today. The most I will ever post on Instagram is three times a day. And that's a lot. Um, I typically post one on the experts and one to two times on personal people that are there for your content and following you are there to receive what you are posting. So I don't think changing that is important. I really think being more cognizant of how you present or theme your Instagram account, if you will. And I like to use the word theme because honestly, those are the accounts that get the most engagement, most followers and most interaction. And I can give you three examples if you want. Um, Yeah, give us a couple of examples and also give us some ideas of how we can spur engagement because if engagement is the metric Instagram is looking for, and I'm sure it is, maybe there's a way we can encourage people to interact more with our posts. Okay, so I will. I'll give you, okay, so Jeff Mendel, who you had speak has uh, at Social Media Marketing World is so creative. He has over 55,000 followers and his Instagram, he's a lifestyle photographer in California huge inspiration. Um, he's also on Snapchat and he's just super creative. Two other accounts, which are by teenagers, and I'm bringing them to your attention because teenagers are absolutely crushing it and making money on Instagram because they understand the power of theming. One is at doodles with an S by Lily, L-I-L-L-Y. Um, she doodles around the photos. So she adds art to the photos and it really is a very creative Instagram feed. She's a junior in high school. And the other one, I talked to her last week. She's amazing. The other one is my daughter, Fresh Fit and Fearless, who is vegan, foodie, Instagram success story because every single post is in line with that kind of messaging. And because of that, both of these young girls get a ton of engagement, meaning likes, comments and followers because the content is themed and people know what to expect every time they land on their account. And that's another way to set yourself up for success in your Instagram account in terms of growing it in a way that people will want to keep coming back to, to see the value that you're giving. So give us a couple of quick you know, um, tips on maybe maybe uh, the written words we should include with our uh, updates so that we can maybe spur some engagement. So I think people, anyone, if you if you the receiver of the content is smiling, laughing, ed- getting educated, inspired by anyone on Instagram, leave an emoji, leave a comment. Don't just double tap because the more you do that on other people's posts, the more they will come back to you. There's this whole 
law of reciprocity on Instagram. Every time I get a comment from someone that has been thoughtful and they give me kudos, it just makes me want to go see who are they? What should do we, they do? Should we ask people to leave a comment? I mean, is that considered okay? Oh, yeah. So the call to actions in your actual description is not literally leave a comment below. But if you agree, type the word hashtag Sue B or tag three friends that you know will love seeing this content. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. So when you ask for people to tag people, Mike, this is this is the thing that helps grow your account. If I tag three accounts on Social Media Examiner because you guys just posted a fabulous photo from your event and I wanted the people in it, I want, or people that weren't able to go, I want them to see how much fun we have there beyond the, you know, the actual sessions that take place. Um, I would tag some of my friends that did not attend so they can be like, holy, you know, guacamole, I need to get my butt there next year. Cause this looks like way too much fun. <laughs> so by, by me tagging them for you, for your account, most likely they will start following you because they trust, know, and like me, and they know if I'm there or I'm speaking that this is the account to follow, you know? Excellent. So asking for, asking, if you ask to tag more than three people, that's too big of an ask. So don't say tag 10 people, <laughs> you know, tag three of your Insta pals, your friends, um, your friends who love Instagram that would really appreciate this. And here's a little ninja tip. I want all the listeners to note, you guys, this is a really good one. So if you don't get comments, but you do get likes, when you click on the, the likes and you can see all the people that have liked your post. So there's a reason that they liked it, but they didn't take the time to engage. They were lazy. Maybe they didn't want to talk to Siri. Maybe they didn't want to leave an emoji. But if you take the time to look at who they are and write it down, maybe in a spreadsheet, maybe on paper, you can literally in the comments, tag them at mention them and say, tell me what is it that you liked about this photo? I really want to know. And every single time, Mike, that I call somebody out in a playful Subi way, they always come back and leave a comment. And that's what your listeners want are comments. Awesome. Awesome. And I know, Sue, we're just scratching the surface, but I love these ideas to, um, as the, you know, marketer who's managing the account to kind of get people to engage because those engagements are signals that are being sent to the Instagram slash Facebook algorithm. And they're using those signals to make decisions about whether you, the user should see or not see these things again. So, um, Sue, I want to thank you, first of all, for coming on the show and unraveling some of this Instagram algorithm stuff and some of these new features. Wanted to tell people where they can discover more about you and anything else you've got going on. Yeah, so I would love to give all the listeners our Instagram guide, Mike, um, which is at suebee.ly. Yes, you can create a custom bit.ly link now. <laughs> Backslash, capital S-M-M, lowercase InstaGuide. So, so let's, let's say that one more time. S-U-E dot, what, what was it again? S-U-E-B dot L-Y backslash uppercase S-M-M lowercase Insta guide. So that is an Instagram strategy guide for all your listeners that will help get them going in their Instagram success journey. And for everyone else, I'm Subi Zimmerman everywhere on Snapchat, on Periscope, 
on my website. Um, I like to, I like to give a little hashtag challenge, Mike. Can I do that to the listeners? Sure, go for it. So if you've listened to this podcast and you love it, I would love to see a post on Instagram using the hashtag Sue made me do it and tag SM examiner and the Instagram expert so that we can see your post and you're taking action from all these tips that we share with you today. You see what Sue just did there? (laughs) (laughs) She's putting into practice what she preaches. That is so cool. Sue B. Zimmerman, thank you so much for joining us today. Really, really appreciate it. My pleasure, Mike. Always a pleasure. Well, I hope you found a lot of value in today's interview. If there was anything that we mentioned and you just didn't catch it because you're on the go, don't worry. We take all the notes for you at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 199. Stands for episode 199. Also, if you're new to the show, hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss a future episode. If you've been listening for a while and you haven't done so, I would love a rating and or a review. You can do it very easily on iTunes by visiting socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes. Again, socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes. I would love a review. Well, this brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. If you're like so many fellow marketers and creators and entrepreneurs, you're probably wondering, how do I put AI to work? Well, be sure to listen to the AI Explored podcast, a new show from Social Media Examiner, hosted by yours truly, Michael Stelzner. Again, check out the AI Explored podcast.